Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and today I'm joined by the amazing and very prolific Jay, who's written 16 novels already. Can you believe it? I don't know if I've even read 16 novels this year. How long have you been writing now, Jay? Oh, that depends on... um, I started writing when I was 10 or 11, so that makes it like 28 years. That makes me sound old. Okay, but these 16 novels didn't happen over those 28 years. These 16 novels happened over... No, I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to read my very first works. Um, I started publishing exactly 10 years ago. My first book came out in 2007. And then I switched publishers in 2012 and went to Ilva Publishing. And since then, all of my 16 books, the, f- the first five I have republished and the other 11 are completely new. That's kind of amazing. So you're pushing out close to two books a year. I'm trying for two books in English and two translations. I'm translating my own books into German. Okay, that's even more impressive. All right. You're also the head editor at Ilva, is that right? Mm-hmm. I'm the senior editor, yeah. And your latest novel is Perfect Rhythm. It is. It just came out like a week ago. And it's the story of a rock star. And your other leading mm-hmm. character is an asexual woman. Which is an interesting choice, because they just aren't asexual books to speak of in the lesbian sector. Yeah. In the meantime, there are a few, but when I first started research, I couldn't even find one novel, one romance novel with a female main character who identifies as asexual, not even one. And that's part of the reason why I set out to write a novel with an asexual main character, because I think everyone needs to find themselves represented in the fiction they read. I agree with that. Have you gotten some pushback from asexuals, particularly saying, what do you actually understand about what we're about? No, quite the opposite. I've had a lot of emails and also reviews of asexual readers who were so enthusiastic about the book and so grateful um, to finally have a book. And I have a great review on Amazon from someone who says they could really relate to the main character because I also made sure that I did a lot of research beforehand and I talked to a lot of asexual people. A good friend of mine is asexual, so I talked a lot um, with her about her experience and what it means to her to to be asexual. And I also had sensitivity readers who identify as asexual to make sure I didn't misrepresent them. Um, so I think... Holly is really authentic as an asexual woman. I'm so glad to hear that. And I agree. I think we should find representation for whoever we are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if somebody had to pick up a book from you, what would you suggest that they start with? It depends on what they like. I write across all subgenres of lesbian romance. So, for example, if they prefer historical romance, I would say a reader favorite is Backwards to Oregon, which is set in 1851. If they like paranormal romance, I would say go with Second Nature, which is the first in my shapeshifter romance series. If they like contemporary romance, um, well, you could, of course, read A Perfect Rhythm, which is my newest book. Um, If you like it a little more steamy, you could go with a book like Just, uh, Just Physical. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot to pick from. I have 16 books out by now, so... Go to my website, take a look, and then start reading. Yes, because your website's actually nicely organized in terms of what kind of books you've written and that sort of thing. So yes, that's mm-hmm. actually great advice. Okay, so when I contacted you, you wanted to do slow burn romances. So do you want to tell us what classifies as a slow burn romance? 
Yeah, I think it can be classified by what it's not. It's not a book in which the characters fall in love when they first meet. It's also a book in which they don't jump into bed in chapter two. Instead, the author really takes her time developing the connection between the characters slowly. So in the end, when that first kiss or the first love scene happens, the payoff is even more sweeter. Absolutely. But slow burn romances have the disadvantage of it can become boring if it's not done really well. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a great list because we've we've chosen 10 books that we think have been done really well. And you really build and develop that intensity between the two characters over the course of the book. Yeah. The nice thing about slow burn romances also is you're not left with needing to create unnecessary drama to push the story forward once they've already gotten together. Yeah, I agree. I think what I love most about slow burn romances is that usually it has a greater depth of character development. And for me personally, a great book or a great romance stands and falls with the great characters. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, so my first pick is Backwards to Oregon by Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Bet you didn't see that one coming. (laughs) No. (laughs) So this is absolutely just an utterly charming book, and I actually only read it for the first time this year, and I was completely hooked. There's this one, then there's a follow-up book, which is entirely different, and then there's a short story collection, and I suggest you just read all of them, because they're all brilliant. But Backwards to Oregon is the story about Luke and Nora. So Luke Hamilton has always been sure that she'd never marry. She accepted that she would spend her life alone when she chose to live her life disguised as man. After working in a brothel for three years, Nora McCauley has lost all illusions about love. She no longer hopes for a man who will sweep her off her feet and take her away to begin a new respectable life. But now they find themselves married and on the way to Oregon in a covered wagon with 2,000 miles ahead of them. And a little girl. And it's just the most beautiful Beautiful story. Because Nora does not realize that Luke is actually a woman, even after they get married. And they start having these feelings for each other, and then Nora discovers that Luke's a man. Ugh, it's just, it's beautiful. Just go read this book. So stop the podcast, go read the book, then you can come back and listen to the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) But this is definitely a crowd favorite for you, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I still get a lot of readers asking for another sequel or if I will write more short stories about them. So they really seem to resonate with readers. And I hear that people often mislabel it as Xena fan fiction. I don't know why. It's just because one, I, I haven't even watched Xena at that point when I wrote that story. So it's definitely nothing to do with them. But coincidentally, one character is tall and dark haired and the other one is blonde. So... Blonde and feisty, and I think that that's just such a typical xenofanfic kind of mm-hmm. space, yeah. Okay, so what's your first one? My first one is And Playing the Role of Herself by Key Elaine, which I think is the October book club read at the Lesbian Review Book Club at the moment. It is. Mm-hmm. So, actress Cadence Harris is living her dreams after landing a leading role among the star-studded veteran cast of Ninth Precinct, a hot new police drama shot on location in Clitzy, LA. Her sometimes co-star, Robin Ward, is magnetic, glamorous, and devastatingly beautiful, the quintessential A-list celebrity on the fast track to superstardom. When the two meet on the set of Ninth Precinct, Kate is instantly infatuated, but settles for friendship, positive that Robin is both unavailable and uninterested. Soon Kate sees that all is not as it appears, 
but can she take a chance and risk her heart when the outcome is so uncertain? Yeah, it's one of the first lesbian romances I ever read. And despite it being in, written in first person, which I don't normally like that much, for this book it really works. And I would classify it as a slow burn because, yeah, well, Robin is deeply into the closet, so it takes Kate a while to figure out that her crush on Robin isn't so hopeless as she thought it is. I'm actually busy reading it at the moment. And mm-hmm. it's also, I'm not a huge fan of first person, but this one, you're right, it absolutely works for this. Yeah, because she has a very strong voice and she's really funny and relatable. And she's, I think what people struggle with in first person is that they maybe don't talk about the feelings or the, they almost like tell it too matter-of-factly. And what this one is doing is she has moments where she talks about, oh, was that this kind of look from that character? Not like, oh, she looked at me with desire. Mm-hmm. Good choice. <laughs> All right. My second one is Above Temptation by Karen Callmaker. It's a wonderful book, but I'm a huge Callmaker fan, so... This one is a is a slow burn because they cannot get together. There's something that's stopping them from being able to get together. So, the story is about Kip Barrett. For Kip Barrett, a secret commission from her boss's boss's boss, CEO Tamara Sterling, shows that the respect she's earned for integrity and intelligence as a fraud investigator is justified. All she has to do is what she's done successfully before. Follow the cyber trail, find the high-tech thief, and document it so that justice prevails. This time, however, the embezzler is one of their own. Sterling Fraud Investigations has an unblemished reputation for ethical conduct and security. Kip must find out who and how as soon as possible, and no one but Tamara can know what she's doing. As Kip gets closer to discovering the embezzler, her clandestine meetings with Tamara grow more frequent. It doesn't help that her admiration for Sterling's work is compounded by the undeniable physical chemistry. But SFI has an ironclad no fraternization rule, and Sterling investigators never break the rules. She needs to wrap up her findings before anyone, including her emerging prime suspect, Tamara Sterling, realizes Kip is not above temptation. They actually can't get together because of the investigation. And when I read it, it was actually interesting because I was wondering how Callmaker was going to allow them to finally become a love interest considering. And I actually liked the way she did it. So I don't want to spoil it, but I felt very satisfied with the ending of that one. Okay, what's your next one? Mm -hmm. My second pick is Class Houses by Karen Lachlan-Levitt. That one has been available online, or I think it still is, as um, Silent Legacy. And I actually read the online version because it's pretty hard to get the printed version. It has a one-sentence blurb that really doesn't tell you much about the story. So I think I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. What it is, is a book about a director and an actress who are making Tropical Storm, which is the lesbian romance by Melissa Good, into a movie. And Reed, the actress, is very reluctant because she isn't too crazy about playing a lesbian. She's a little homophobic. She's also the proverbial ice queen and doesn't trust anyone. And the other main character is Jay, the director. And she slowly over the course of the book gains her respect and and her trust in her friendship. And it starts out really slow. They are barely colleagues at that point. And um, it really takes a while for Jay to get under the ice queen armor of Reed. 
And so this is definitely a slow burn romance. Ice Queen's also just fab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. If it's well done. Indeed. Have you got Ice Queen characters? Oh, you've got Under, the, Under a Falling Star. Um, Under a Falling Star, I would say. Yeah. D is definitely more like an Ice Queen. Mm. Nice. Okay, so my next one is Crossing the Wide Forever by Missouri Vaughan, which I utterly adored. And it's, if you enjoyed Backwards to Oregon, you'll enjoy Crossing the Wide Forever and vice versa. Cody Walsh leaves Arkansas for California, lured by stories of opportunity, even for women. Cody disguises herself as a man and prepares for the arduous journey west. Lily Ellis leaves New York to accept a post as a school teacher on a frontier near a small homestead she just inherited from her uncle. Lily's ultimate desire is to become a painter, and she hopes that the Kansas frontier will offer her the freedom to follow that dream. In the 19th century, a young woman has few options in the East that don't revolve around marriage and motherhood. Lily is interested in neither. Cody rescues Lily after a chance encounter in Independence, Missouri. Their destinies and desires become entwined as they face the perils of the untamed West. Despite their differences, they discover that love's uncharted frontier is not for the weakened spirit or the faint of heart. What is your next one? My next one is Coming Home by Lois Clorecard. A triangle with a twist, Coming Home is the story of three good people caught up in an impossible situation. Rob, a charismatic ex-fighter pilot, severely disabled with MS, has been steadfastly cared for by his wife, Jen, for many years. Quite by accident, one day, Terry, a young writer slash postal carrier, enters their lives and turns it upside down. Injecting joy and turbulence into their quiet existence, Terry draws Rob and Jen into her lively cycle of friends and family until the growing attachment between the two women begins to strain the bonds of love and loyalty to Rob and to each other. This one might sound a little like it's a book about cheating, which I wouldn't like, but it's really not. It's beautifully done and I loved the book since I first read it. And it's a slow burn because Chen starts out as a character who is very introverted and a little bit shy and she doesn't have much friends and contacts outside of her home anymore because she's taking care of her husband. and. The friendship between her and Terry is developed very slowly. They connect over their shared love of books. By the end, it's really, you're really rooting for them. I would urge readers to really give it a chance because it sounds like it's different than it actually is. It's very beautifully done. Okay, cool. All right, my next one is Pelican Landing by Jerry Hill. The high-powered high life loses all its allure in the face of family tragedy. A return to the Gulf Coast life and a chance to reconnect and reclaim what really matters leads to an unexpected passion and a final chance of true love in this tumultuous summer romance from best-selling author Jerry Hill. Okay, so this doesn't really tell you much, but basically the main character comes home to take over the shop that her brother was running after his death to discover that she falls for one of the employees at the store. But it's very slow burn. It's it takes forever for them to get together, and it even there's a little bit of sort of box between them in the beginning. They don't quite like each other, but very soon they discover that actually, you know, they've got more in common than they think, and it actually is just a super lovely Jerry Hill romance. All right, so what are we on now? Number four. Now it's number four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
My number four is Jericho by Anne McMahon. Mm -hmm. Librarian Sid Murphy flees the carnage of a failed marriage by accepting an 18-month position in Jericho, a small town in the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia. Her plans to hide out and heal her wounds fall by the wayside as she gets drawn into the daily lives of the quirky locals. She becomes fast friends with Maddie Stevenson, the enigmatic physician who has returned to the backcountry community to take over her late father's medical practice. Together, they learn that life and love can have as many twists and turns as a country road. I picked this one because at the beginning, Maddie starts out not wanting a relationship at all. Doesn't seem to be on her radar. And Sid, as the blurb says, is still dealing with the aftermath of her divorce and she thinks she's straight. But the way the author develops the relationship between them, how they become friends, is really touching and hilarious at times. It's really a funny book with a lot of good dialogue and funny banter. So it's a pretty long book too, but it doesn't read like that. I think though most readers are okay with long books if it's if this pace is kept up and it's not just, you know, the same thing repeated. Yeah, I think a lot of readers even prefer the book that are longer, at least my readers. Yes, um, I've had a lot of comments like a 70 or 80,000 word book is considered a short read. And I'm like, well, actually, that's kind of a standard novel yeah. length, really. It is. Okay, so my last one is Starting from Scratch by Georgia Beers. These are all pretty, like, classic novels in the sector. I mean, Jericho is, you know, one of the Anne McMahon greats. Everybody comments about Jericho, you know. So Starting from Scratch is another one. It's an earlier Georgia Beers, but it's still a great read. What happens when your life takes an unexpected turn? What happens when you need to protect the one you love from the one you want to love? What happens when you lose something you never knew you wanted? Starting from scratch is a story where learning, laughing, loving, and baked goods are just a few of life's basic ingredients. Okay, so starting from scratch is basically the story of two women who there's an attraction, but the one doesn't want to get together with the other one because she's got a small son. And she doesn't want him to form attachments unnecessarily and then get his heart broken. So that's an entirely understandable reason to not want to get together but it's so cute and the baking it's so interwoven into the story in such a beautiful way that it's really a classic and it doesn't it takes a while before the woman actually gets together so beautiful story go read it <laughs> mm -hmm. okay your last one my last pick is without warning by kj mcgregor on a day that begins like any other a violent earthquake strikes los angeles plunging the region into chaos Two strangers, trapped in a collapsed shopping mall, find each other amid the rubble and join forces to escape. Hampered by injury and darkness, they dig and claw their way through one crumbled store after another, emerging long after most have given up hope for survivors. The ordeal leaves both women shaken, but their shared triumph sets them on a life-changing course together, igniting a connection like neither has ever known. Anna Karklis, whose perfectly planned life never included falling in love with another woman, is thrown for a loop, but she doesn't doubt her heart. Lily Stewart, abandoned too many times by people she trusted, won't let herself believe that Anna's love will endure. Without warning is the story of their courageous journey through adversity and their promise of steadfast love. 
I think the blurb says it very well. Both characters have a lot of self-doubt and interior conflict to overcome. So they are not jumping into relationship. But there is really a connection from them to work very well as friends in the beginning. Yeah, I think it's a very good example of a slow burn romance. A lot of people have recommended this book. At some mm-hmm. point, I, I will absolutely read it. <laughs> yeah, and it's a series, so I think there are two more books. They, they used to be titled differently. This one was titled Shaken, and then there were two others, I think. Okay. You haven't really delved into series as much. Um, myself and my own writing? Oh, yes. I, I um, have a lot of series, actually. Like, the Hollywood series has three or four parts by now. Um, and, I mean, all of my books are standalones. Like, except for maybe Backwards to Oregon and Hidden Truth, they can all be read independently. Even the ones that are series usually have other main characters than book one. Mm. Um, because I think it's very hard to create a series that works well in the romance genre because once they have gotten together the story question is answered and then you really have to become creative to write a a satisfying second book Mm. that absolutely makes sense and no mm -hmm. you're absolutely right you have done series I don't know where my brain went poof yeah but they are they usually give glimpses of the books book one and book two the later books um but you can read them even if you haven't read the first books yes it's true and actually i like when authors do that because i like to get glimpses of the other characters but not necessarily have them break up because they were happily ever after mm-hmm. yeah that starts to be to feel a little artificial if you get them together in book one have them break up in book two have them reconnect in book three and so on that feels a little artificial to me all right thank you so much for joining me today jay pleasure can you tell me where people can find you online but the best place would be my website which is j j a e hyphen fiction.com and there you can also find links to my social media or you could visit my publisher's website which is ilva hyphen publishing.com cool and you're on facebook and you're on twitter Mm -hmm, i am This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena. Today I was joined by Jay and we discussed slow burn romances. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe. Especially on iTunes because it helps us rate higher and other people can find us. Bye. Bye. This is a really long, long sentences. Difficult to read. (laughs) Blurb. But it's a good (laughs) book. (laughs) Wow, this really doesn't tell you anything about the book. Okay, so... I should have read this boob. <laughs>